The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyze. We failed. But in the year of the spoiler war, it became something greater. Our last best hope for answers. The year is 2015. The show, Down Below. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ann. I'm Heidi. I'm Alicia. Yay, we're all back. Yay! (laughs) Been a while. Yay. Oh, good to be back. We are joined this week by a return visitor to Down Below. It's Mitch. Hi, everyone. Good to have you aboard, Mitch. Thank you. Yeah, good to have you back. Thanks for stepping in for this episode that nobody really wanted. Whoa! <laughs> what? I, <like> that. <laughs> I know. Nobody listed as a first choice. Erica had it as a backup, but she's not available this week. Okay. And that was well, man, I could see it not being a first choice. But right. <laughs> I think people don't share our Clarence love, maybe. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. What's the matter with people? Plenty of other uh, podcasters who seem to love Clarence. Okay, that's good. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, I've listened to several um, Babylon 5 podcasts. Everyone seems to love Clarence on those. Oh, good. They just get his name wrong, of course. Right, of course. I don't know what that feeling. Today we are here to discuss episode 7 of season 3, Exogenesis. But first, here's an ISN special report. This is your ISN Special Report. Things have been fairly quiet on Babylon 5 this week. David Clarence Corwin was promoted to lieutenant. We now turn the time over to our gossip columnist, Lydia. Okay, so word from around Babylon 5 is that Lieutenant David Clarence Corwin was seen buying flowers and entering Commander Susan Ivanova's quarters. Ooh la la! But there seems to be a love triangle forming, because Commander Ivanova was later seen giving flowers to a dark and mysterious man in a bar. We will keep you updated. And this was your ISN Special Report. Do you like beer? Do you like business? Do you like businesses that make beer? Then you'll love this new show. It's the Beer Trail Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Price, and we're going to travel through the world of craft beer and talk to the breweries and see how they got started and what inspired them to make their beer. So check it out at thebeertrailpodcast.com and tell your friends and hope to see you on the trail. Exogenesis originally aired February 12, 1996. It was directed by Kevin J. Crimmon, who last directed the season three premiere. And it was written by JMS. So, which episode? He has one episode that he didn't write this season. No, it's season 
I was gonna say it's season five before we get to the next episode. He did right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's correct. So let's do the recap. So the episode begins with the shuttle Dyson arriving. Uh, the shuttle is most likely named for the physicist Freeman Dyson. Mm, I'm Paul. Sorry, I'm piloted by a northern um, guy. Sounds, I really noticed the accent. Sounds a little bit like Sean Connery, right? Actually, um, I was going to say more, um, I can't think of an accent up right now, but less Scottish than uh, Northern UK. Uh, well, Northern English, I should say, sorry. Um, but yeah, close to the border. There are two people. Yeah, we don't get the nuances. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Like, um, God, was the 10th Doctor, did they say he sounded like he was from the North? No, oh, Christopher Eccleston. I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Christopher Eccleston, the Ninth Doctor. Oh, uh, Eccleston, okay. Yeah. Different part of the North, though. Well, every planet has a North. <laughs> <laughs> there are two people already waiting for the arrival of the Dyson. One of them says, they're finally here. They're Matthew and Jackie. The guy that played Matthew does the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn in a bunch of Star Wars video games. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And after this, Clarence got a promotion. Oh, <laughs> I was so happy that Clarence has friends. I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's not just that Clarence has friends. It's just all of the command crew is there. It's yeah. not our core four, but it seems that everyone in charge of B5 He's there celebrating his promotion. Who's running the station? Somebody. I don't know. The Nightwatch. This is only like the second time they've said his name, right? I mean, his other name. Yeah. I think yeah. So. His incorrect name. Right. But this is the first time we've seen him outside of CNC, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Well, everyone's calling him by his last name. You've got to remember that. Right. Garibaldi said... David once, I think. And this is sounded mm. so weird to hear him say David. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he David's his middle name, and for some reason when he signed up, um, those enlisting him kind of got things wrong with the form, so he's got to be called David in all official capacity, but his name's Clarence. Right. We know it. <laughs> yeah, when they said David Corwin, I just said uh, David Clarence Corwin in my head, so it worked. <laughs> I don't ever so change, Clarence. This happened, though. <laughs> crazy how excited I was. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is what I've been dreaming of. Yeah, I did like yeah. this one, because I knew that you had said that there was things that were exciting, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We were considering getting you to do a commentary for this one. Well, I think Will suggested it, but we did last week's, and so we didn't yeah. do this one. Said, uh, one or the other or both. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you ever wanted to hear a squeam. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ever change, Clarence. <laughs> Severely, Joshua, Joshua Cox really loved seeing Clarence get out of CNC for a while. I'm sure. <laughs> and that um, bartender, she has kind of been around. Yeah, that's a cat. Okay. Tinder. Yeah, she definitely seen. seems fond of Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> well. Wow. Her roses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best? Okay. 
Susan uh, didn't want Marcus there because he's a civilian. She doesn't seem to think too fondly of Marcus. Well, I was wondering why they were saying, like, we thought you should ask him. Or we thought you were going to ask him. And I was like, what what happened? Like, are they good friends now? But then she was kind of saying, no, I'm, I'm kind of confused about this whole thing. I feel like I missed something. No, you haven't. Yeah. Maybe she was the person in charge of getting the party together. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just glad. Didn't they say something about how they're glad things are back to things are just normal? Then they cut oh, to this guy screaming. <laughs> Same thing they did in the last episode. Which really is just normal, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, more screaming people. <laughs> hmm, I don't know if it's in this scene or a slightly later one, but I'm sure I heard hints of the. X-Files um, type music in here. Uh, you know the music they play when anything alien or creepy is crawling around the place. Probably. Of course I know it. It's my theme song. <laughs> it plays whenever I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all in your head, Mitch. It's all in your head. <laughs> uh, the Matthew and Jackie are telling the screaming guy to relax and you see there's a creature on his back and it goes beneath his skin in opening credits. And then he's like a melted pile of ooze. I mean, like the skin on... Yeah, it was very strange. Not great CGI in this episode at all. But it's also really early CGI, so for the time, it was really good. Yeah. Mm, I'm sure the show's done better already, though. I don't even remember what happened there. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of fair, it, it kind of faded out. <laughs> oh, okay, into his skin. Yeah. So after the credits, they all need to leave because security heard the screen. They got to go, so they just leave the guy there. Yeah. yeah. Up in C&C, they leave Clarence in charge. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> As it should be. Yeah, he should run everything. <laughs> Shatter wants Susan to find out if Clarence would be a good candidate for their conspiracy of conspiracy of light, and because he's going to be all up in their business because of his promotion. Now, I mean, this was a really weird plan. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't even really a plan. She so just supposed to like ask him questions, and um, we'll get to the scene later. But, but yeah. I, but I feel like I feel like. If you ask questions like this, isn't everyone going to respond like for Earth? Because right. yeah. you're not gonna like betray your post and, and yeah. Well, if we're skipping forward, I'll go into it right now because the way she phrases those questions, they could have been asked by a Nightwatch person. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she should have been all wrong. I feel like she should have been using some of uh, her psi ability there to find out if there was any (laughs) sort of, you know, uh, maybe distrust behind the answers or, you know, just feeling him out that way. Yeah, she probably to. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I don't think Clarence is stupid, so of course he knows what's going on at home. Of course he's seen Nightwatch about the place. Yeah. And you you get asked a question like that, you tow the earth line, you know. Well, in the especially other... When, especially when it's your boss that's asking those questions. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, but also the other woman, not Clara, but was it Clarice? Did yeah. she join the Night Watch? I just remember that she like betrayed them. So I, but I can't remember if it was Night Watch. Yeah, yeah I think it was Night Watch. So like he's already seen that happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and she was left. She got she got fired or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been quite as subtle, but she could have led with, so what do you make of Night Watch? Yeah. <laughs> right. Something like that. It's like not very subtle. subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so bad plan to begin with, anyway, coming back to this scene. <laughs> so after this, we see Marcus talking to a guy named Duncan. Was he quoting the Scottish play? He was. Is that Macbeth? Oh, we don't say the word. Oh, yes. sorry. <laughs> now I've got the um, scene from Blackadder 2 in my head. <laughs> Can you not see it at all, or just not in the theater? Well, apparently one of the hairdressers said it. Uh, there's a, a later episode where uh, a Scottish actor, or a, a Shakespearean actor shows up, and the makeup person actually says the word, and that actor had to do the undo the curse uh, thing where they walk around the entire stage three different times. <laughs> mm. so, okay. Yeah, apparently it's a thing. Right. All right, I'm going to walk around. Well, that's the, <laughs> walk around your desk, Will. As the, um, the curse removal thing you get from Blackadder 2. <laughs> I can't quote, but it's an excellent scene. <laughs> the guy that plays Duncan is in a few episodes of Deadwood. Um, yeah, so Marcus is friends with the guy, and the guy is sick, we can tell. And he doesn't sell very much yeah. at his little shop. Of course. <laughs> the impression I get is at this point, um, Marcus is the only person that gives him any business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Dr. Franklin's talking to his staff. They're just having a staff meeting. Franklin finds out about that the DOA from last night that dead guy found a body. They just want to know what to put on the death certificate because they can't figure out how he died. That they were having a staff meeting. I don't know. I thought it was a good little, little detail. Yeah, they were talking about that they couldn't get um, enough drowsy blood to do like transfusions, so they were still using synthetic drowsy blood. Yeah. yeah. So like they have uh, this store supply of all different alien bloods. And you've heard the mention of the med labs before, but it's really nice in this scene. They go through different med labs and the issues they're having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you get doctor. the scale of a much bigger um, unit that Franklin's having to manage. He's much more of a manager than he is a doctor at this point. Yep. Except for when they're really busy and then he's everything. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They're really focused on that one lady. I don't know if that means anything. She just probably uh, got paid more for being a yeah. guest. player. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Harrison, played by Carrie Dobro. Mark, I just like the uh, actress. She's awesome. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so what else has she been in, then? Uh, can't say. Spoilers. That's all I can say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, um, Marcus is meeting with some of his people. His little birds, I guess. <laughs> Uh, shadow, we've had our shadow vessels are gathering on the border of Centauri space. Wait, question. Is Ranger 1 Sinclair? 
It is, yes. Okay. It's not a spoiler, really, because we've seen him appear on the video screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So, hey, okay. where were they when they were doing this, by the way? Because it doesn't seem super selfish. This is in a bar in Down Below. Okay. Uh, we've seen it a couple of times before. Right, yeah, Marcus um, is not the selfish. Yeah, we definitely saw no. it earlier in the season, actually, when um, Marcus first appeared. Yeah, with the win. <laughs> it tells him that, um, the guy tells Marcus that a package he asked about will be there soon. And Marcus tells this guy to make a run near Centauri space. And when he leaves his liaison, temporary liaison, comes back, Marcus wants to know about his usual liaison, Samuel. It's unusual that Samuel isn't there. And Marcus goes off, and there's some dude watching him. Was it Matthew watching him? The guy from earlier? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So... This, sorry, go ahead. Um, sorry, it left. Go ahead, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say that this liaison... Marcus goes off to find his old liaison, but this liaison seems to stick around, even though he does nothing. He's just following Marcus around for some reason. Hmm. Yeah. I okay. Just, I just want to see like Jakar, like in the back of the bar, just like in, a, in disguise, like trying to figure out what the radio is. <laughs> totally, just following <laughs> them around. Hiding behind a plant again. <laughs> yes. Ah, but remember, he's incarcerated at this point. Oh, that's, that's true. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just sad. He should break out like. Uh, like the Shawshank Redemption, and um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, the the shadows um, being sighted, and we didn't hear any more about that after this scene, right? No, I don't think okay. so. Okay, so that'll no, go into it, my predictions. It's, a, mm, it's just a little interesting how they phrased a lot of stuff, I think, and. I'm going to be interested to see what you make of it. What? What do you mean? <laughs> it's just the way they've done the reports here. Who's like gobbledygook to me? Like, I can figure out what Okay, happening. okay. Maybe yeah. it's just something you pick up on later on when you watch the series over again. Probably. Yep. Yeah, probably. Next, Franklin is autopsying the dead guy. They found dust inside him. He's in dust again. Apparently. Franklin, let me just put the. I don't get Franklin's robe. They yeah. just seem really bulky and like they would get in the way. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. And they're like they're like knitted. <laughs> Apparently, this guy was under a great deal of stress when he died. And, uh, <laughs> we saw it. Um, they can't find any disease, but there is an anomaly. Something wrapped around his spinal column. And doctor says, "I'm going to open him up." Hmm. I think it's kind of dangerous, though. You don't know what it is, but I don't know, probably not. Not in normal life, but yes, on Babylon 5. <laughs> that's pretty cool that you could do an autopsy without doing anything. <laughs> just, but without opening them up. Yeah, scan them. Uh, although, at least it's a hygienic environment. Why does Franklin need to chicken? do it? If it's just a scan, why can't anybody <laughs> do it? Hmm. Because he's in the main credits. <laughs> also, also, he's an expert in xenobiology. Yes, it and it's a very technical so, uh, scanning device. Hmm. <laughs> it's the whatever 5000. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Alright, so Marcus finds Samuel. Samuel says he's been busy, he's got things to do, but doesn't say what kind of things. 
he's doing. <laughs> Seems like they're all just standing there. He's <laughs> really busy. He's <laughs> just standing there. Yeah. They're being slackers. Maybe they were, like, playing hacky sack. <laughs> oh. Well, that is an important skill to preserve if all knowledge gets what from the galaxy. Right, yes. Yeah. One of my friends used to play hacky sack outside the student union. <sighs> Good old days, slackers. <laughs> <laughs> so Marcus leaves, but he doesn't like it. The guy that plays Samuel has been in some pretty little liars and Star Trek and Stargate. One episode of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Season two. Speaking of Stargate, uh, this episode was definitely a crossover. <laughs> oh, they were, um, <laughs> what do you call them, Gaul? Yes, that is exactly what <laughs> no, they were. No, no, they're, no, not, they're not the Gaul. They're Topra. <laughs> I've only gotten through season one of Stargate. I think I've got through season four. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are exactly from that show, Elizabeth, these parasites that attach themselves to your insides. More or less. Yeah. It, it, uh, I think it's a trope used many times. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I just thought they looked kind of like, because I haven't seen any of that sci-fi stuff, but because they were said translucent, so I thought they reminded me of the like the thermogenesis ones from Angel, you know? The- <laughs> so, oh, Franklin takes the thing out of the dead guy, okay. and, yeah. And we see Jackie and well, Jack, those creeps are uh, putting one of those things in Duncan. Okay, so when he's holding this little sliver of whatever up, does anyone else think, oh, it's the master from the Eric Roberts TV movie? <laughs> no, I've never uh, seen that. No, never heard of it. Okay, Ian got it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. One out of four isn't that. It clearly wasn't because... Franklin didn't start dressing for the occasion. <laughs> I need to watch that movie, Eric. <sighs> <laughs> okay, um, so Franklin is studying the parasite. He's going to do a background check to find out when that dead guy was infected. So it happened when he was on the station. We have a problem. Of course you do. Marcus is looking for Duncan, but he can't find him. Somebody tells Marcus that Duncan was packing in and leaving, which Marcus finds surprising. Is this the part with Garibaldi? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Soon. She was such a horrible actress. This woman that Marcus is talking to, it's Valley Girls in space. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I love how at the end, that's all I know. Okay. I don't remember her. <laughs> I barely oh, she only remember. had a couple of lines. She's not really important. <laughs> so in C and C, Susan chats up Clarence a little bit. <laughs> she, oh, she asks, yeah. She asks him to come to her quarters just to get to know each other a little better. Let's have a little coffee, but just don't ask how I got it. From this point forward, Clarence is completely paranoid and intimidated. He looks by so scared. <laughs> he looks so scared. <laughs> I noticed it a little bit in A Day in the Strife, and I noticed it a little bit, uh, a bit more in this episode. But sometimes when he talks, he does this thing with his mouth. <laughs> and it's oh so, no, another it's mouth thing. So adorable, though. He's <laughs> <laughs> he is a cutie. He's just so like. 
I don't know. It's like nobody ever talked to him. He doesn't know how to interact with people. It's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. It's always just orders. Like, do this clearance or tell me about this clearance. Hmm. <laughs> Dude, oh, this is the scene Elizabeth is talking about. Marcus is telling Garibaldi about Duncan and about how people are acting weird. And Garibaldi says, since there's no crime committed, he can't do anything, doesn't have anything to go on. Also, it's just people from down below. Yeah. We've heard him talk about people from down below. He wants to space a lot of them. Well, yeah. I just didn't like how Marcus was shouting. <laughs> so, uh, like, so indiscreet. I don't know, Garibaldi. You think on Babylon 5, if somebody says something weird, you would look into it. Yeah, there's probably a lot of weird going on, though. Yeah, true. But it's also the new guy. So, new, mm. f- uh, weird for someone who's brand new isn't necessarily weird for someone who's been there for three years. Yeah, Garibaldi's got a pack stomach to go pump. Exactly. <laughs> If somebody's acting weird, maybe we should go see a doctor. And Mark is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he t- goes to see Franklin, and uh, Franklin says, since the computer's going to take a while to do his analysis, he'll go with him. Of course it is. The computer. Google. need to upgrade their computers. So after this, Clarence goes to buy flowers for Ivana before his mate. <sighs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Adorable. Oh, yeah, Clarence really doesn't get out much if no. he bu- buys what this guy is saying. This oh, may be so his happy. first ever date. It it may be. Doubt it. Oh my god, this is so awesome. <laughs> so the shop owner sells him some artificial roses. Forty credit sounds like a lot. I don't know. It well, yeah, because the rent. Yeah, they were going to charge Ivana and um, Sheridan thirty credits a week rent. Boy, that's his. That's his whole rent payment. Boy, well, thirty credits that's... extra. We don't know. Well, well, I don't know how much regular quarters cost, but it does seem like yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really should be sure it's a date first, but still, <laughs> that could go really off. Marcus and Franklin go to Duncan's quarters and the doctor overrides the lock. Inside they... Although Duncan, for someone who's in down below with a stool that's not doing very well, has pretty good quarters. <laughs> may have a... Maybe on social security. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure that exists in the future. <laughs> he has a pension from his last job or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> So inside they find webbing, which the doctor touches without knowing what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't touch things. (laughs) And definitely don't lick things, Mulder. (laughs) Well, he's got to claim it as his own somehow. (laughs) (laughs) And there's also a tunnel which they go in, and they see a guy on the floor with bulges on his back, and the doctor touches that too. (laughs) Touching everything. (laughs) Well, you know he likes to touch his patients. Like, yes. Oh, <laughs> ah. Marcus and Franklin get taken prisoner by those other creepos. So last week, was it last week that we had the Garibaldi and Vester buddy cop show? Yeah. So this yep. week we have the Marcus and Franklin buddy cop show. 
Yeah. Well, I think this one's slightly better. You're getting to see a different side of Franklin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually a better side of Franklin than we've seen so far. Agreed. I think so, yes. One's a doctor and one's a ranger. <laughs> the doctor and the ranger show. Also, this episode is about miscommunication because these people do as good a job as Ivanova does in trying to communicate what they're up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, I, it's really hard to explain <laughs> what they're doing. I mean, they, they, do, they do a pretty good job, actually. Yes, but they immediately threaten and lock up two people. Yeah, which conveniently they had a lockup. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, I just saw this thing. So something. Anyway. <laughs> we know you get distracted, Will. Yeah, 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 I'm easily distracted. I just saw this thing about Intro to X. And I'm like, I'm on Intro to X today. They're like, oh, yeah, I knew that because I watched the episode last night. <laughs> Got facts about it. Oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I already knew that. You had a um, moment of panic. And then, oh, wait, no, I did prepare. <laughs> So the doctor figures there's some kind of alien parasite that takes control of the neural system. So they could take over the whole station and he's trying to question them and get some more information. They're just kind of staring at him. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm not going to tell that story. <laughs> there was some creepo just staring at me last night. It was really creeping me out and I just finally had to leave. <laughs> It was at a party I went to. <laughs> um, the leader guy, Matthew, says that um, they're going to stay there until everything is finished. And Marcus has an idea of how to get out. Just got to get one of them to leave. And see, this is where Franklin finds out that nobody knows they're down there. Because Marcus didn't tell Garibaldi. <laughs> Garibaldi. Yeah, this interaction and then the slightly later one about Ivanova is where... Franklin shines in this episode. Mm-hmm. So Corin arrives at Ivanova's pl- uh, Clarence. Sorry. Oh my god! I was like, "Who are you talking about?" <laughs> and her reaction to the roses makes him say that he just found them outside. Somebody left them there. We're <laughs> hmm. uh, staying back bars on him again. Yeah, she admits that she has a weakness for roses, and they're romantic and. She thanks her for bringing them inside. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, this is not very perceptive of her, but whatever. It's funny. It's like, I just found them out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She went with it. I don't know, did she believe him or... It seems like she did. I think so. Especially when she thinks later where they actually <laughs> came from, so... Yeah. yeah, and she's got a lot on her mind at the moment. Well, yeah, she's, like, preparing herself to basically question him and she's not getting at all that he thinks this is a date so right <laughs> oh dear. Duncan comes in and says hi to Marcus <laughs> Duncan's feeling better now because of the parasite yeah. he explains hi Marcus I'm creepy <laughs> <laughs> was a little creepy yeah he's saying that he's part Duncan just the way they say I or we or whatever they're saying, I'm part this. He's part Duncan and part Vendrizi. And the Vendrizi say that nobody can interfere, so they will hurt people if necessary. And they left one body so everybody could observe the process and see how it's done. 
the one who died wasn't ready because his body had strange chemicals in it. It's the dust. Ah, okay. I did not pick up on that. Like, why the one died. But my question is, was was he... All these people are volunteers, right? Correct. Okay. So he volunteered, but he just still had drugs, I guess. Yeah, he wasn't being honest with them. They should really give him a form. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's part of the reason why um, Franklin later says, I want a complete physical workup on anyone who volunteers. Hmm. We're not going to have anyone die again. Yeah. Exactly. Have you consumed any chemicals? (laughs) Have you, uh, in the past, however long, ever taken dust? If so, you will be arrested. If not, feel free. (laughs) Uh, next, Susan's giving Clarence some coffee. <laughs> she had like a whole pot of it. She must yeah. have a lot. <laughs> and she must grow a lot of that stuff down there. Yeah. She had a lot of plants in her room, too, I noticed. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was a lot of plants in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big What else is she growing? <laughs> <laughs> she explains how she got it. You gotta bend the rules a little bit, and Clarence is okay as long as no one's getting hurt, and she talks to him some more. He thinks that rules are there to be followed. And She was like, yeah. it's, it's okay to bend the rules if it's like you get what you want. That's like the worst thing to exactly, say. Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> would you report someone if you found out they were doing dodgy stuff? Well, of yeah, course. Yeah. <laughs> what else I mean, you if you don't... Your boss? If, well, and if you don't know what she's talking about, it's like... Well, yes, obviously, I would report someone for doing bad things or whatever. I mean, hello, yeah. he's in the military. He's yeah. probably heard the rumors about President Clark, so maybe she should could have asked him about that a little bit. I know, I know. There was so many other ways he could have gone about this. Yeah, I feel like the... I mean, there's not a lot of them. I don't know I, who else could have talked to them, him in a better way, because... The only people Actually, in the council are, like, <clears throat> higher-ups, but maybe, like, a ranger, like, can meet him at the bar and start talking to him or something. Yeah, like, fill out his beliefs, you know? That, or leave a little red trail and see whether he follows it and what he does with the information he finds. He can make up something, actually. You don't even have... It doesn't even have to be what you're doing at the moment. Just right. to see what he does with information he finds. Yeah. Who does he bring it to? How does he go about it? Yeah, poorly so, done, Ivanova. Uh, so she sends him away kind of abruptly and looks a little disappointed. Yeah, he was there for like he <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't even get to finish his coffee. I know, she took coffee. <laughs> Alright, see ya. Thanks. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Let's see, let's see. So, Marcus asks Franklin his opinion on Ivanova. Franklin says good things and Marcus, like, she seemed friendly at first, but now she's a little distant. I thought I might have done something wrong. You think, like, she read something in him or something? Like, with her tiny psychic mind? You know, Franklin says it just takes her a while. And at first, Marcus was just some guy passing through, so I guess she was nice. But now he's part of the family. I mean, it's yeah, just... that kind of makes sense, but... Uh, you saw how long it took. Uh, to warm up to uh, Talia. Okay, that's well, an extreme Italia case. Well, Talia was a spy, though. <laughs> yeah, she's an extreme case, but even so... 
I think it's more that she knows that he's uh, crushing on her, and <laughs> it's like this whole thing of, um, no, I don't like him, but then maybe she does, because in the first scene I was like, yeah, she's protesting a little too much. But really, can you blame her? He's absolutely crushing on her, but look at what we know of her romantic history. Right. We've got Talia, and self-explanatory there, <laughs> and then the guy that came in that was all Earth-1, Earth, or whatever that was, way back and, in the beginning of the first season. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you've got a father figure who was really distant and then died right after saying, I'm sorry, and right. you've got a brother who died in... The Earth Membari War. Right, so she is afraid of commitment. <laughs> She's and like, then oh. you've got her mother. Yeah. Yeah. She loses everyone she loves. Mm-hmm. Poor Susan, I feel bad for her. Well, Clarence is all up for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Clarence is too eager. <laughs> Clarence is like a little puppy. He really oh, is. Oh, he's so adorable. Um... Yeah, Franklin thinks that Marcus is nuts for thinking about Ivanova at this time, and but he doesn't think Marcus is her type. So the Vendrizi people come and take Franklin away, and they want him to save a guy who's dying. I felt like Marcus and Franklin were in high school in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she likes me? <laughs> You're just talking about girls. <laughs> Marcus tricks the guards and gets free. That was awful. Yeah, he talks about that. He says his staff is a Copeland J5000, which is probably <laughs> a reference to John Copeland, the producer, a producer. Oh, it has to be. And yeah, Marcus tries to contact security with Franklin's link, which sets off an alarm, I guess. <laughs> well, which... it's this whole automated thing that even back in the 90s, I understood, yeah. Computers are stupid. This is a poorly designed uh, product. They need to... Uh, I mean, I guess Garibaldi did like get the notice, you know, that his comm had tried to be used, but... Or did... Was it Ivanova that got the notice? Somebody got the notice. Ivanova yeah, I mean, gave it to him. Oh, okay. That's right. I thought it was the other way around, but... You yeah. should at least let him talk and then also say, by the way, it's not it's not Franklin. <laughs> right. Making this announcement. Ivanova sends Garibaldi to Brown 84 to look for the person, look for Franklin. Marcus reaches Dr. Franklin and Marcus tries talking his way out of the situation. Franklin's not, Franklin can't bluff his way out. And Garibaldi and his men are searching and see Marcus is talking some more. Duncan is explaining that once they finish their mission, they will go. Vendrizi are half a million years old. They've been all across the galaxy seeing great things. They're basically living records. But they're going to die if they don't find other bodies. And they look for people who have nothing left to live for. At first I was thinking they were talking about humanity. Like, that's why they're going after humans. But then I remember that yeah, everybody's volunteering for this. Oh, that a bit interesting. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say about us? <laughs> <laughs> Also, I all... think... Sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. I was going to say, maybe it was just for the... Because it would have been more difficult to do it in this episode, but they only did have humans. I don't know um, if they'd also go for other races and stuff. Probably. I think so. Well, half a million years, so they must... 
have had to. Um, it's just, you know, humans are out there in space now. We're all over the place, and we're probably one of the few species that can go almost anywhere. So we're a useful species to use. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, if you're... It's like a collective consciousness, right? That's what they are? Um, partly from what the impression I got. Uh, yeah, it seemed to be collective consciousness, but each one has its own specific memories of events. But when they're communicating, they they share information, something like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, so they're both in there. Uh, of the people that they take over, and then they see on their own too. So I just I think they're going to come up again. I don't know that. Well, I, I was going to say I actually see parallels in some ways between these and the Technomages. Both of them have things that would be useful during war, and both of them are trying to hide so that they their informational skills don't get used in the war. So, oh, I missed that part. So they are trying to stay out of the war? He, that's the impression I got, yes. Because okay. they were saying they're designed so that when a new Dark Age, whenever that happens, they come out of hiding and provide the galaxy with information. Well, could they give our people some information? Because... Yeah. Uh, you know, they probably know some stuff. They've been around forever. They could tell us about more of the old ones. and. Yeah, I'm sure they could, but that's too easy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was so like, why, why introduce them? Well, and, and Franklin, why not say, in exchange for letting you do your thing, I want to know this. <laughs> yes, bad member of the council. Yes. Bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well... Okay, so yeah, so that Bendrizi leaves Duncan and Duncan says it's over. He was gonna live and die on B5 and never amount to anything, but when Aww. the thing was inside of him, he saw lots of marvels and yeah, Matthew was saying they're getting ready for the next dark age and Franklin says before he goes along with it, he wants complete verification and no more volunteers out his approval. He calls Garibaldi down. Marcus apologizes to Duncan. Duncan can't host another one, but... And his memories are going away. He won't remember any of it tomorrow. I, uh, yeah, I've just realized something you said there. Franklin's giving himself a whole load extra work to do. <laughs> Workload yeah. he's always already yeah. having a problem dealing with. Well, he's good at that. That's the problem. He's good at taking yeah. on too much. He's going to have one of his other doctors do it. Maybe. <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. Side note, did anybody else think Kenny Rogers whenever the guy with the white hair and the oh. <laughs> soft screen? <laughs> no, but I will now. Yeah, he does kind of. In C&C, Susan tells Sheridan that Clarence is a no-go. Sheridan looks a little disappointed. Aww. People, well, give Clarence a chance. Tell him what you did. Yeah. I'm kidding. Sheridan will say, okay, right, we need a different approach to figure this out. Let's try a different Aww. thing. Yeah. Marcus catches Duncan on his way out. He's leaving. Uh, Duncan says he knew what it like to be special and wants to go out and do some things, see something before he dies and be special again. And um, Duncan leaves on the Dyson because he might come back sometime. But if he won't remember tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, if he remember. <laughs> he'll just be out there and he'll be like, why did I leave? What was the point of this whole thing? 
And I don't remember something. Maybe I'll remember that something happened, but he won't remember the, all of it. Well, I don't the know. impression I got was that he's, he's forgetting all the memories of being connected, but he'll remember being connected. That makes sense. And everything that happened after it was removed. So he'll know he had a symbiont in him and that it gave him some good memories, but he can't remember any of it. Oh, Maybe okay. he spent the last 24 hours recording some of those memories. Yeah. Giving himself a clue yeah. to remember. You see, like, that would be useful. That's it. Yeah, that would be useful. Yeah. <laughs> Next, Franklin's telling the others about the Vendrizi. Says Marcus performed well under pressure, and Marcus would appreciate a second chance with Susan. Oh, Franklin. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was terrible. He's totally doing that thing where you, like, um, have this friend and your friend doesn't like your friend. And then you're like, oh, they're not so bad. And <laughs> yeah. this makes Susan think that Marcus sent her the roses. So she takes them to him in the Zocalo and oh. tells him he can keep them. This is brilliant. This really is. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, you know, you, oh, you that was amazing. wonder from Marcus's point of view how, what's going on. He's brilliant. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I love it. So Bill Blair was an alien in this episode. It was like in the background? Somewhere there were aliens in this episode, actually, <laughs> even though I don't really see them. Like... Oh yeah, the, the Vindrizi were aliens. Oh. Well, he didn't play one of them. <laughs> I don't think he did. No. <laughs> yeah, I saw this question on the Lurkers guy. They were asking JMS why Marcus doesn't wear a link, and he said, "I just summed up Marcus in my head. This is what he said. I'm not going to try to do a Marcus impression. I should though." <laughs> But Marcus said, basically, I won't wear the bloody thing. That's why. Bad enough you got those pagers you wear in 1996. No privacy, no chance to get away. Always at somebody's beck and call. Why not just put a leash around your neck and get it over with? Oh, you had no idea. <laughs> no, yeah, no idea. It'd be faster and a good deal more honest. I'm down in the bar trying to be inconspicuous. Dangerous characters on all sides trying not, not to be noticed. To be <laughs> not at all. What? Oh. Trying not to be noticed, and the link goes off, and I'm dead, or at a minimum, seriously thumped. No, absolutely not. You'll never That's get to wear one of those. That's why you have vibration mode. <laughs> <laughs> so why mode, do you have a link, though? Isn't that for, like, official should, military? Be, or? Yeah, it really should be. Yeah, I think it would be suspicious if he did. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. I mean, he's already suspicious enough. Yeah. yeah. Who is this guy going around doing... You know, talking to the command group. Who is he? Yeah. No wonder Jakal got suspicious. <laughs> really, no wonder. JMS said he refused to wear a pager himself. This is the reason why he refused to get a pager. <laughs> I wonder if he has a cell phone now. I bet. <laughs> I bet he gave up on his non-electronic ideals. Yeah. Well, um... <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know someone who's only just got a um, smartphone after years of having, you know, an old uh, Nokia, the same phone for about seven years. Yeah, I still know people who won't get a smartphone. Yeah, I met somebody the other day that just had a little like Nokia. I think Matt Humphrey just got his first cell phone last year. 
cell phone? Wow. Wow. Oh. We came to the States. I think so, I'm not sure. I'll ask me. So, do we have any quotes? Yeah. Okay. Anybody? Yeah, I'll go with um, one from Marcus. Can I quote you? What was that? Where was that? He was talking with Garibaldi, and Garibaldi's like, I don't have time for this. Go talk to the doctor. And Marcus says, can I quote you? Okay. Yeah. And Garibaldi says, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> what was the meaning of the title of this episode? Oh. I remember we, like, looked it up. Yeah, we looked it up last remember. week. It's like uh, the idea that life originated elsewhere in the universe. That's right. Earth. Okay. Okay. Exogenesis. Did did this have anything to do with that definition? Not exactly. Kind of more, this is one form of love that began elsewhere. Okay, I have a quote. Um, Dr. Franklin. There are three of them with guns against two of us with nothing. They'll cut us down before we get halfway across the room. Marcus. All we need is for one of them to leave the room. Then there will only be one man with a gun. Dr. Franklin. Excuse me, where I come from, one man from three leaves two. Marcus, where I come from is a far more interesting place. <laughs> mm. In my head, I'm going one plus two plus one. <laughs> <laughs> I have Garibaldi. If they were normal, they wouldn't be in Down Below. <laughs> Tells you what you need to know about Garibaldi's opinion <laughs> down below there. Okay, I have Clarence <clears throat> to the flower guy. I'm not sure, but I think I have a date. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for the end one, then, because, yeah, it's just nice. Ivanova to Marcus. Keep them. Marcus, thank you. I will. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to do the rest. <laughs> oh, I can't remember the rest. He says, I guess there's hope for us after all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he kind of says that to himself. Yeah. Oh, okay, I was like, what the hell is that? There's something on my computer playing. <laughs> it just sounded like something was about to crash. I was like, what are y'all playing something? <laughs> no, and we can't even hear it. Uh-uh. Yeah. All right, I'll go with uh, one from the florist. Roses never offend a woman except by their absence. That'll be 40 <laughs> credits. Uh, I meant to, yeah, I meant to write that one down. I'm glad you did. Good sales guy. I have Marcus or Franklin about Garibaldi. His interest in the situation is almost indescribable. <laughs> okay, how about our characters of the week? Who's our human of the week? Clarence. Uh, it has to be Clarence, doesn't it? Clarence. Clarence. Man, that's his second one. Woohoo! <laughs> what was his first one? Uh, Day in the Strife. Oh, okay. The quiz. The pro. Mm-hmm. Who is our alien of the week? South of the Vindrizi. So. I suppose so. Gotta be. Yeah. I can't remember any of the background aliens. No. Sure, Carl. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Carl will point one out for us. Yep. Since Kosh wasn't here. As far as we know. Well. <laughs> exactly. Well, we had no cryptic individuals pretending to be um, beings of light at all, did we? Also, he's really... Well, there was Susan. (laughs) (laughs) Kosh would have questioned him much better. (laughs) In his own weird way. Exactly. 
He would have been asking questions that Clarence had no idea why he was asking, and <laughs> the answers would have been very vague. Banana or apple? Okay. Banana. <laughs> That's too simple. That's too simple a question. It would probably be something more like silicon chip, banana. <laughs> yes, because it would be like one of those Facebook quizzes where, you know, they tell you whatever, who you're going to marry or something, and it's all based on answers to questions like, what's your favorite color? Right. <laughs> so let us write this episode. Want to start out, Mitch? I'm going to go with 7 out of 10 Stargate crossovers. Awesome. Yeah, they also kind of reminded me of the trail from Star Trek, I guess, where you preserve the thing. Yeah, and they also reminded me, at least the attachment of them, reminded me of the On Falling Skies, the, um, oh, the, like, um, the things that the aliens put on the kids' backs. Yeah. So how about you, Heidi? Um... Now, this one was just fun. <laughs> like, it wasn't necessarily, you know, some great episode, but it was so much fun. Um, I'm going to maybe rate a little high and go an 8.5 out of 10 Gwawled. <laughs> nice. What was it? Gwawled. It's the Stargate thing. Oh, oh, okay, okay. How about you, Elizabeth? Oh, my God. <laughs> So, first of all, because of focus on Clarence, there's no way it can go below an eight. <laughs> I don't care what the subplot is. But here's the other thing I really liked about it. And I was, the first time I watched it, I was just, like, so happy while I was watching it. Not just because of the Clarence stuff, but just because of the way they were showing the characters interacting. Because with this show, and I'm, I'm not saying this as a complaint or anything, but... There's always a remove between the audience and the characters because there's always something that JMS wants to hide or to hint at or there's always some something being set up. And not that there isn't something being set up in this episode, but there's always a kind of remove from what's going on. Um, whether we're trying to figure out the intentions of characters or their backstory or what's being set up. And in this episode, I feel like we were right there with the characters. We were seeing them like, interact just in a normal, friendly way. We got to see, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff with Franklin and the medical stuff. We just got to see them interacting, just having fun in the bar. And I just felt a little bit closer to the characters, like, just more relaxed. It was almost like a normal, like, sitcom-y kind of atmosphere, <clears throat> which I thought was great as a change, because I didn't feel like I had to be, like, trying to figure out what was getting set up and what weren't we being told or Whatever, so it was just a nice, like, relaxing part. And then I think the part about the aliens, while it wasn't, like, the best, was just kind of interesting, and I think that it'll go somewhere in the future, so I'm I'm, I'm bored with it, so I'm going to give it a nine comedic misunderstanding. Oh, I'll see. How about you, Ian? I'm sorry, I've got to go lower on this, I'm afraid. <sighs> the whole Vindrizi plot really brings it down for me. I love the stuff with Cla Clarence. I really do. I like the character building you're doing with Franklin here. You're really starting to see who Franklin is. And Franklin paired with Marcus clicks. It works. 
sometimes in B5, it's all about the pairing, all about a two-scene where two characters can just spar off one another. And I think here you found two characters that work well together in that situation. But as I said, the Vidrigi plotline just drags that down a bit for me. I'm sorry, it, it really does hamper this episode. And I only watch it again in Watch Threes for the Clarence scenes and the scenes where you see Marcus and Franklin together. Everything else I kind of skip over. So I'm going to give it six and a half Master Goose Snakes out of ten. Alrighty. Yeah, I know this isn't exactly the most highly regarded episode, and I guess it's because of the Vendrizi plotline, but on the strength of the Clarence plot alone, it gets... You know, eight points, and I'll give it another half just for the Marcus and Franklin interaction, so I'll give it eight and a half out of ten well-deserved promotions. Aww. Nice. Sorry. <coughs> right. That's a total score of 7.9. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that the Vendrizi subplot wasn't super strong or whatever. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, we can give strong scores for different reasons and I I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say this is as strong an episode as my other high scores. Right. But there's just things about it that I really, really like. Like so happy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, plus I, I sorry, I was just gonna say I know I've rated it low, but for me the Vendrizi really does drag it down mm-hmm. that much. See oh, yeah, the totally the Vendrizi didn't drag it down as much for me because I was just so into the Stargate crossover that that really brought it up. <laughs> so let's take our Vendrizi parasite over to feedback. Oh. <laughs> we'll never forget what we see in feedback land. First, we have a comment from board 99. I'll take that one. Vor says, Earth Force apparently has no rules against fraternization between superior officers and their support subordinates. I think this is unwise. Exogenesis isn't the worst episode of season three, but it may be the least interesting. I think that the most important thing that it does is improve Marcus's ties to our established characters, especially in the nice little double act that developed between Marcus and Franklin. The main story about the Vendrizi thematically ties back into Jakar's No One Here is Exactly What He Appears in season one. And you ask for more Clarence, and you ask for the conspiracy against Clark actually to do something other than sit around and have meetings. Two birds, one stone. Although personally, I think endless meetings that never result in a decision are one of the most realistic aspects of Babylon 5. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That was my last week at work. (laughs) Thank you for it. Yeah, thanks, Lord. Next, we have an email from Evelyn. I think Evelyn's new, a new feedbacker. I feel like I think so. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not sure. (laughs) So she starts by saying, Just thought I'd send you a little bit of feedback on the upcoming podcast of Exogenesis. While it appears to be a largely non-arc episode, it does introduce a few elements that are important to the overall story. Susan trying to determine whether or not Corrin can be trusted is one of them. I always felt that Corrin's character was somewhat undeveloped on the show. Here was a guy who was an important, in an important position on the command 
deck, but we knew very little about him. I did like the budding romance possibility between Marcus and Susan, even though at this point it's definitely one-sided. I get that Susan might be a little good shy on the love thing, but the only two romantic interests we know about don't seem like they should be enough to make her that gunshy. Really? <laughs> we have discussed it, and there's a bit more than just her love life. There's a... Well, those are pretty bad ones. Right. Yeah. I mean, most of us don't have one of those things happen to us. She hadn't seen Malcolm in years, and the whole Talia thing was kind of new. Uh, it was actually kind of big. Yeah. Uh, she goes on to say, I think maybe she didn't get his attitude about jumping into things with his whole being, and maybe it scares her a bit. Well, we'll have to see how this develops, won't we? Uh, that's me again. <laughs> also, the whole thing about a package, Marcus was expecting increased shadow activity and the shortage of drowsy blood that Doc Clune Dr. Franklin spoke of seem to be clues as to what comes in, ep- in future episodes, maybe. Oh, I've totally missed everything. At first, uh, at first the whole story about aliens possessing the lurkers was a bit weird, but as the story went on, and the true, true reason and purpose of, Vindri- of the Vindrizi was revealed, I was fascinated. Still don't think I'd want an alien in my body, but I could possibly understand by some, by, that's, with someone with no hope for their future might find the idea of having a higher purpose appealing. I wonder if, like, let's say somebody is depressed and, like, they want to commit suicide or something, but instead they decide to do this. Is there, like, a way, I mean, can they, I wonder if they can eventually like, say, you know what, I'd like to go back. You know what I mean? That's what I would want to know. Well, uh, Duncan was able to remove the... Right, but that was kind of like a, a emergency situation. and Yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, would they want to is the other question. But I mean, I think like, you'd have to get people that aren't, I mean, depression is like, I don't know if we should go into this even, I don't know if they're going to come back, but like, it's it could be a temporary thing, so, I mean, how can they make that kind of decision? You know, right. Yeah, what you'd if, have to be very careful. Or what if the person that they, uh, like, uh, take on or whatever, I don't know how to, how to say that, but um, what if they merge and they still feel that way? Like, the, they still, like, just want to be done. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's why some merges don't work properly. For example, there's the whole chemical problem, but maybe there's also incompatibilities on a mental level. Yeah, it could be. How would they screen for that? They just have to test it out and see, I guess. <laughs> God. Until a medical individual comes along and says, no, we've got to do this properly. So i um just got to find where I was now. Okay, so... um Back to the feedback then. When Marcus first addresses the issues with Garibaldi about Duncan and the other contacts, he has, in down below, acting strange. Garibaldi's reaction is dismissive. Uh, you don't know how these people are. 
loved Marcus quoting Dickens in response. Not all that different than attitudes here on Earth now. And we have heard his reaction to down below as before lurkers, I should say. Yeah. Okay, and finally, overall, I like the episode. I would rate it maybe 7.5. Favourite human, Marcus. I loved his character because he was intelligent, but didn't take himself too seriously. I'm enjoying the podcast and look forward to hearing your take on exogenesis, Evelyn Raymond. Thank you. Thank you, Evelyn. I see Garibaldi's... Oh, thanks, Evelyn. I see his um, attitude as being very, like, world-weary cop, you know, type of thing. Because they're constantly dealing with the rudest and worst of society on a daily basis. Not that that's all they deal with, but they're the ones that get to deal with that kind of stuff. And so Mm -hmm. it does kind of tend to make them more cynical. Oh, now I'm recording. What the hell? (laughs) 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 Anyway, (laughs) our next email is from Melanie. Wants to take that. I'll take that one. Hi, down below. When I heard your predictions for this episode, I was wishing that you were correct. This feels like a season one episode. Marcus managed to redeem the Monster of the Week story a bit for me, but it still doesn't hold up to the season three standards. In the more interesting part of the episode, Clarence got promoted and went on a date, slash revealing where he stands in the situation with Earth Dome with Ivanova. Ivanova's line about not liking what she was about to do was really important. Rating 6.3, bonus for Ivanova's date, 0.3, final rating 6.6 roses. Aww. (laughs) Human of the week, Marcus. Alien, the Narn who was walking in the stairs when Clarence approached the flower shop. I didn't even see you. <laughs> yeah, that, was nice. that, was good. <laughs> uh, that was probably, um, what's his name that appears in every single episode? Oh, yeah. Bill the, Blair. Yeah. yeah, Bill Blair. The that was probably alien. Bill Blair. Yeah. Um, okay, quotes. Marcus trying to use Franklin's comlink. Security? Hello? Is anyone there? Comlink system operator. Warning. Biogenic ID comparison indicates you are not authorized for operation of this link. Please turn it into security. Marcus. I'm trying to contact security, you stupid machine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ivanova, after seeing Clarence, yes, after seeing Clarence (laughs) hold the bouquet of roses, (laughs) he just bought for her. See, my mind automatically changes his name. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Where the heck did those come from? I found them. Where? There, you know, just lying there. Synthetic roses, good ones. Whoever bought these must have paid a lot for them. Yes, I imagine. Spending that kind of money on high-priced synthetics must be a real dope. No. (laughs) Yes, I think so. Showy, excessive, not at all cost-effective. And terribly romantic. Don't tell anybody, but I've always had a weakness for roses. This is a very sweet gesture. I definitely want to find who's responsible. Hey, thank you, David. If you hadn't come along, somebody might have just walked off with them. Oh. Poor Clarence. <laughs> poor, poor Clarence. Um, let's see. We already did that Garibaldi one. Um, best regards, Melanie, the Kirkrovian beer, beer fan. Thank you, Melanie. Thanks. Thanks, Melanie. And thank you for using Clarence up above and your feedback as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, even though you got it wrong once. Once, yep. 
Thanks for playing along with us, guys. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The next email is from Lori. Okay. Um, hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitor. Our commentary from Exogenesis. It's Clarence! Carol predicts he will die since he is being featured. Oh. I guess that Heidi and Elizabeth are excited to see him featured. You are correct. Uh-huh. Carol cannot imagine that Ivanova does not realize it looks like she has hit on him, but she seems oblivious. <laughs> he looks so terrified on the way to the date. Carl says, poor Clarence. As an aside, Carl says he cannot live without coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Neither can Ivanova. Yeah. We both thought that Ivanova realized that Clarence brought the flowers, but deflected it to make him not feel bad. Mm. Then why would she have thrown them at... Uh, yeah, I don't think man? so. Hmm. Maybe she did at the time, but then reconsidered later. What did the ambassador think? Yeah, I don't think so. I think she was completely oblivious. Yeah, she wasn't really thinking on that track, so probably it just... I mean, she probably should have known, but okay. (laughs) Carl noted that Ivanova is not well-suited for that type of work, as she is not subtle at all. Agreed. Sheridan would have been better. She is way too abrupt to get him out once he does not answer as she hoped. Will he go to the dark side? Oh, no. I hope not, but I don't think so. We'll get there in predictions. Yeah, okay. Regarding Marcus, why is Ivanova so opposed to him? Want to hear your predictions on what, uh, where this will go. Were you surprised about Marcus telling Garibaldi he had a crush on Ivanova? We get to hear what Marcus is learning as a ranger. Something about a package from Mars and shadows forming a border outside of Centauri's base. Interesting. Thank God I really should have paid attention. Because <laughs> <laughs> people think that this is really important, so. Oh, man. Carl noted that Marcus is very loud and not acting very stealthy with Garibaldi. Yes, thank you, Carl. <laughs> not very spy-like. No. When Marcus and Garibaldi were in the cell. Wait a minute. This is Franklin. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, thought that yeah. earlier. I was like, wait a minute. Did he confess to Garibaldi that he had feelings no, for Ivanova? Think, yeah. I think that was Franklin, but then I think it was Stealthy with Garibaldi. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, when Marcus and Franklin were in the cell, Carl predicted he would use his telescoping staff to get out. Carl wants one of them. <laughs> <laughs> the creepy, crawly monster music. I feel like I have heard it somewhere else. I guess X-Files? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we also like the drum music as Ivanova was carrying the flowers at the end. <laughs> If time, this is a quote from the JMS notes in response to being asked what Marcus would say about not wearing a link. Oh, I And Will already did this. Yeah. When Marcus gets the roses, guess there is hope for us after all. <laughs> Carl's rating. Flora of the episode. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. That holding cell area. Rating one bug lover. Human Shakespeare. <laughs> crab people. Tastes like crab. Tastes like people. Conditions <laughs> for messages from Earth. Oh. Pen pals from Earth going to write the staff messages. Lori. Rating 6.5 overpriced synthetic roses. Human Marcus. Alien crab aliens. <laughs> Is that what they were called? That's that what they're the- calling them. Okay. Okay, dokie. Thank you, Lauren Carl. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks as always. Always make me laugh. <clears throat> Our final, yeah, final email is from Yan. I'll take this one. 
Hello, down belowers. Here's a bit of feedback for the episode Exogenesis. It will be short this time because of busyness here. The main plot is not too original in and of itself. It does have a nice twist, however. The one about preserving knowledge to the useless people. Marcus has a very peculiar way of counting, doesn't he? (laughs) Marcus and Franklin, I wonder. And then there's the little subplot with Ivanova and Corin, I mean Clarence, and of course, Marcus. Classic misunderstanding. No, wait a minute. This wasn't the subplot. This was the main plot. Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> Marcus and yeah, Franklin really was the subplot. <laughs> Quote, Marcus, one from three leaves one. Rating, <laughs> this is not a terrible episode, but looking at season three in general, it is below that average. I will give this episode seven discarded roses. That's all for now. Be careful. Before you know it, you'll have reached the point of no return. Yan the Babylon Lurker. Thanks, Yan. Yan. Thanks for all the feedback, everybody. The spoiler section. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you want to send feedback, that's mail at mail. Mail at downbelowpodcast.com or Facebook or our website. And remember to keep it spoiler free. (laughs) Well, you're going to have a lot of editing this week. Oh, damn. Yes, you have been. Well, it might make the prediction section a lot more interesting. Uh, da, 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 da. So let's do predictions. Guess what the name of the next episode is? I yes. already forgot. <laughs> Messages from Earth. Oh, yeah. Well, I like Lori and Carl's prediction. But, um, messages from Earth. I think... Hopefully, someone that one of our characters knows does not show up from Earth bringing the messages. <laughs> because we all know how we love those episodes, right, Elizabeth? Oh, yes. <sighs> um, I think that my overall prediction isn't going to come true next episode, though I was hoping that it would. Because I was hoping that we were going to find out what Marcus's, uh, I don't know what to call him, but the guy who was going to Sector 800 to, um, to spy on the spiders. I was hoping that we'd get that next episode, but I'm not sure that Messages from Earth sounds like we're going to get that then. So, maybe the next one. What do you think is the package coming? Any clue? Mm, no. <laughs> the person? Maybe. I don't think that they can ship one of the old ones in a package because they all seem to be larger than life. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's gonna be important. Well, it could be a mini kosh. Mini kosh. Oh my god. Or just a ball of light in a box. <laughs> so, do you think that Clarence is? We think that Clarence is gonna eventually be part of the game, right? I think the Clarence has to be. I think that. I think that when faced with a moral dilemma, that he will choose the right side and actually go against the what he has like what he said he would do i think that he will not do in the situation rather than in the horrible questioning that ivanova presented him with right yeah he had no choice there so do you think he'll do that or do you think it's possible he might turn out to be another sleeper no no (laughs) (laughs) i am i am Putting the kibosh on that. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, that would be too many texts that turns against them, I guess. No, Clarence is good. Clarence is good. 
I, I want to meet Joshua Cox one day and tell him how much we all love him. <laughs> yes. But basically, Babylon 5 is the Clarence show. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if this has to do with the um, President Clark situation. Like, they've made a decision about it or something. Yeah, I think it has to, it has to have something to do. Maybe we'll see Morden again on Earth. <gasps> oh, yeah. Maybe he'll fix it, whatever it is. I don't know how they could do with that. They seem to be pretty blunt instruments, but... Oh, this looks like him on Twitter. It's not verified, but it's not like he... Mm. Recurring on TNT's perception and out surfing whenever possible. Mm. Nice. You should tweet him. Oh, it's a shirtless picture. <laughs> <laughs> nice. to save that. <laughs> <laughs> You can send it. You can send it to us, too. <laughs> You're going to have to place these Twitter handle in the link now. So... Heidi and Elizabeth, you're not going to be able to follow him just in case he scrolls. Yeah, that's right. true. I don't really want to very much. I do. Um, Elizabeth, do you think that there's going to be a thing between Ivanova and Marcus? I kind of hope not. I don't know. I mean, it might be interesting. Maybe... I don't know, I kind of like this whole, you know, not, you know, the kind of, the kind of comedy that's coming with not getting uh-huh. together. But I'm sure there could be some comedy if they did get together. Um, I don't know. I like the idea of a bottom of Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't know, that's hard. That's a hard question. What about you? Yeah, I think it's got to be, like, it's got to happen. I think just yeah. the way that it's that it's being written. I don't know if I'll like it necessarily, but I... There haven't really been any like romantic storylines other than Dylan and Sinclair and then Sheridan that actually take place for more than an episode or two. So it would be kind of nice to see something that, you know, actually went on for a while. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, especially since, you know, the Sinclair thing was um, just our speculations. Yep. No. Yep, no. I mean, it was completely obvious, but it was very behind the scenes. Right. It was an overt, like, you just had to infer. Yes. Um, I wonder if Zach will have to, like, I wonder, like, here's kind of like, you know how Zach is the nice watch, and he's kind of like on the outside looking in mm-hmm. um, with the whole subplot. I wonder if he's going to like end up taking over for a while. Like Garibaldi's going to get fired or demoted, and Zach will have to run security. I don't know. I don't know why I thought, thought about that, but it'd be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, it could be like if Earth Force is trying to, you know, get some of their people into the main command staff or whatever, then... Yeah. Maybe, like, they're gonna... I feel like they have to address the President Clark thing, so it's hard to, like, predict them giving mandates until we figure this out, but whoever replaces President Clark, if he goes away, will probably still be towing the fascist line, so... Mm -hmm. um, Probably they're gonna, like, maybe make an ultimatum to people or something. Um, Like, you have to get... Your loyalty will be tested or something like that. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah, I think that we'll definitely see some more of the Night Watch next week with messages from Earth. <laughs> yeah, and it's really 
really it's really weird that they have this night watch, um, but there doesn't seem to really be any psi aspect to it. So, which they would be the, I mean, I'd say perfect night watch, but I mean, like, for what their intentions are, yeah, exactly. Night watch people would be size. So, but how do we know the size aren't involved? Well, we don't. We like we haven't seen it yet. See, that's the thing. The only way we can actually tell that a Psy is a Psy is when they're wearing the leather gloves. True. Yeah. So if they show up and they're not wearing the leather gloves, how would we ever know? We wouldn't. We wouldn't. I mean, they'd have to tell us. Right. We'd have, they'd have to show us as viewers. Well, sometimes um, they're known by their bad acting, but... <laughs> a lot of ways should know, right? <laughs> that's, that's a lot of people. So maybe if Monica would know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe she'd be able to at least detect that there was something going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, it sounds like an intriguing episode anyway. So yeah. If only for the singing. <laughs> okay, now you've finished that, though, I just have to say, Joshua Cox has aged well. <laughs> oh, yes, we've discussed this on Facebook. I think Will posted a, a nice picture uh, a few seasons ago. Will, are you there? Oh, sorry about my muted. I posted one in the Skype chat just now. Oh, it turns 50 this year, guys. Oh, let's see. By the way, did you guys, uh, this is totally unrelated, but did you guys hear um, Gilbert from Anne Gables passed away? Yes. Ugh, so sad. That was and my he was health. young. I know, 48. Um, here's the Skype chat. Ooh, Clarence. Let's see. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, look at you. (laughs) (laughs) And then he, uh, like earlier on, he had posted one from him back in 89, and he just looks so young in this one. That's his, uh, that's his surf body. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and when he was young, it's just 89 hair as well. (laughs) What? Wow. Did you post something? Hold on, hold on, let me check. Yeah, he posted a picture yeah, of him in circa 89. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, my. <laughs> hair. Oh, my goodness. He looks a little Malcolm McDowell-ish there. I do, yeah. Okay, we should probably end this so Will doesn't have to keep cutting all of this stuff out. Cause... You can um, post it in the Facebook group. Yeah. Picture. That way they can talk. All right. Um, Mitch, thank you for joining Yay. us again. No problem. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think you're going to be back later on, right? Uh, yeah, in three weeks, I believe. Okay. Ooh, cool. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to tell us where we can find you on the net? I'm on the Facebook group and still part of OzFest, a uh, sci-fi convention here in Omaha, Nebraska. Awesome. Well, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time. Hopefully it'll be next week (laughs) with messages from Earth. And until then, goodbye. Bye. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.